Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone subscribing, following, of course, listening to the show and watching here on our 94 WIP YouTube channel. Leave ratings, leave reviews, wherever you get your podcast. Tucker and I are going to do a mailbag episode before the Eagles season starts. Your questions, part of that mailbag episode coming up. So today, I mean, look, it's a, it's a Phillies conversation. I mean, the Phillies had an incredible weekend. They're playing good baseball again, which is no coincidence because they've been back at home. This was, this was always looked at, at least from my eyes, as the homestand where they really could cement themselves as a no-doubt playoff team leave very little doubt entering the month of September, give themselves some wiggle room, give themselves some breathing room so they can maybe rest guys down the stretch of the season. It's all kind of playing out that way. Two out of three against the Giants, and they almost swept that series. And then, of course, what they did to the Cardinals. Boy, have the Cardinals fallen. It, it's amazing these two teams were on the same field in the NL wildcard series last October. In fact, you know the Cardinals had that 2-0 lead entering the ninth inning of game one, and – I mean, all of us were thinking that game was probably a wrap. The Phillies were going to lose, go down 0-1. It was going to be on Aaron Nolan game two to try to force a game three. And then, you know, we know what happened as the Phillies came back and then they won game two and, and away they went towards a march to a National League championship. So three things hit me this weekend. And I don't want to ignore Aaron Nolan because he pitched well, but he wasn't even one of the biggest three things that hit me this weekend. Nolan did pitch well yesterday. But three things hit me this weekend on the Phillies. And they're all, they, they really point to, you know, three signs that point to a team that has re- a, a really good chance to make a deep run into October. I mean, really, th- these three things are are significant for the Phillies, and and I think we need to like kind of together realize they're all happening. So the first one, and I mentioned being at home, and it's obviously obviously a big deal for the Phillies. You know, they're just a better team. Now most teams are. I mean, that's that's pro sports. It's baseball, but the Phillies really it's it's a drastic difference, and it's why. Getting that top wild card, which it looks like the Phillies are, are in great position to do. Now, September will be tougher. I mean, once they clean up the Angels this week, they'll go to Milwaukee this weekend. They have the Braves in September. I mean, it's not going to be a cakewalk the entire time, but they're in a, in a good position because all the other NL wild card contenders are going to play each other, and the Phillies have given themselves a cushion. But at home, which is obviously the goal of the NL wild card series to play all three or maybe just two games here at Citizens Bank Park. Since Rob Thompson became the manager, the Phillies have been a ridiculous team at Citizens Bank Park. So now after the three wins this weekend, they're 79-46 of 46 at Citizens Bank Park. 
you play that out, it's, it's that's a 632 winning percentage. You play that out over a full season, that's a 102 win pace. This year, they're 39 and 25. So, I, I, you know, Thompson, when he took over last June, through the playoffs last year, into now, a, a 79 and 46 record. That's really, I mean, that's Braves territory for this year. We're talking about, you know, one of the best teams at baseball, nearly unbeatable, you know, wins basically two at every three when they're at home. And you could just feel it. it it's, there's something that, that happened here, and it really the, the change in the vibe, the change in the feeling at Citizens Bank Park certainly started last October. And that's that's when that started. It's carried over to this year with sold-out crowds, the Lorenzen no-hitter, obviously the, the ovation for Trey Turner. This team feeds off of this crowd. And I don't think you see this in baseball nearly as often as you see it in the NBA and certainly you see it in the NFL. I mean, the teams like the Chiefs the Eagles, the Seahawks, the Packers, in a really good home field when the team is good, the team feeds off of the energy of the crowd. It happens in football all the time, certainly basketball with really good crowds at, at points over the history of the NBA. But it, it's like that with the Phillies. And you know, we could point to other teams that have good home records, but I, I think with those teams, they're just great teams. You know, The Braves have a good home record. The Braves are a great team. I, I don't sense Truist Park gives them – an inherent advantage. So they just, they hit the cover off the ball wherever they are. I don't sense with Dodger Stadium, it gives the Dodgers an inherent advantage. They're just a really well-run baseball team. And, you know, Fenway, for a period of time, about 20 years ago, you know, that big poppy Manny Ramirez team, all the way through the other group they won with, with Kevin Euclid and Papelbon and those guys, Fenway had a, a feel to it. You know, especially with a big David Ortiz at bat, there was a feel to Fenway Park to where you just felt the Red Sox were going to do something good. And the, and Citizens Bank Park has begun to have that feeling, in my opinion, over the last year plus. I was at a lot of the playoff games, uh, went to one home game so far this season, wanted obviously be out in October, assuming they're there, and I think they will be. But when Bryce Harper comes to the plate, th there is that old big poppy sense that I remember up in Boston those years, like something big is about to happen. It, it felt like that all last October. It felt like that. This past week with the Camilo Doval at bat in the ninth inning of the three-run home run, there's there's something to this team in this park. It cannot be discounted. It's a big deal if the Phillies can lock up that number one seed. And it really – it could permeate its way through the playoffs, assuming the Phillies can just hold their own on the road. Like, let's just play it out. Phillies get through the Cubs or the Giants or the Diamondbacks in that first round. They go to Atlanta in round number two, five, best of five, just like last year. First two in Atlanta, next two here, a potential game five – back in Atlanta. If the Phillies could steal one of the first two in Atlanta and they come back here, just like last year, to a rocking Citizens Bank Park, that's not going to feel like a mismatch. It's not going to feel like one team's way better than the other because here, it's not. So home field just continues to be a major thing for this baseball team. The second thing that hit me this weekend, watching the game on Saturday, was just how good Zach Wheeler is. And really, I don't think we've properly really cemented this in our heads, like what we've watched here. And I have a couple of theories on why. I mean, the year he got here was the pandemic year. He signed in late 2019, the winter going into the 2020. The season was all disrupted. It was a 60-game season. It was it was very easy to just not pay attention to what he did. He was good. The next year, he pitches like a Cy Young Award winner. They don't make the playoffs. The next year, he's pitching well, but he gets hurt, and he can't pitch the last six weeks of the season or, you know, it, thereabouts he came back for the last week or so and then was good in the in the in the playoffs and then there's this year so it's been a weird kind of four years for Zach where everyone 
you know, realizes he's been really good, but I don't think we've properly accepted how good he's been. So here are the numbers. This is including Wheeler's start this weekend. He's had 95 starts in a Phillies uniform. If you go look at his numbers compared to Roy Halladay's first 95 starts, and Halladay again did it in a different realm. He came here. The team was already good. He had a Cy Young season his first year. He had two great seasons. Then he fell off a little bit, and then he fell off the cliff in 2013. Wheeler's had it. It's been different. I actually think Wheeler has had, you know, kind of more burden on him. I mean, Halliday got here. The team was going to be good anyway. He had other stars around him. He had other good pitchers around him in the rotation, especially in 11. With Wheeler, he's had to carry this rotation. Not that Aaron Nola's not been good, because he has, but he's had to be the ace of this rotation from the minute he got here. And obviously, the team needed to figure it out instead of just like ready-made championship kind of team. But their numbers are startlingly similar. 95 starts for for Wheeler. First 95 in the Phillies uniform. I think he finished with like 103 or whatever for, for Halliday. ERA, 3.02 for Wheeler. Three even for, for Halliday. Hits per nine, better for Wheeler. Strikeouts per nine, better for Wheeler. Strikeout to walk ratio, pretty close. 5.34 for Halliday, 5.06 for Wheeler. You know, pretty close, a little bit better for Halliday. The whip, identical, 1.05. There are wins above replacement. And I thought this was the most interesting to me because, you know, you factor in all those innings and complete games, you would figure Halliday's war, his wins above replacement would just be higher because he's more valuable. Well, it's not. You know, Wheeler's war is slightly higher. So it, it's pretty remarkable how good Zach Wheeler has been. He's one of the greatest free agent signings in, in not just Philly's history, in Philadelphia sports history. I don't think we were properly, like, realizing this. He came here on a five-year deal. Matt Kledtak really left the Phillies with a, a great contract there. I mean, it's one of the best moves. I mean, Kledtak, and I, I, I did this last year in the evening show, Kledtak, his fingerprints are more on this this run of the Phillies have had, then we want to acknowledge because no one likes Matt Kletak, but he traded for JT Real Muto. That turned out to be a better trade than I feared it would be when Sixto Sanchez debuted. He signed Zach Wheeler. He gave Aaron Nola a team-friendly contract extension. I mean, just think of those three. If not for those three, the Phillies are nowhere near where they've been the last couple of years. So Wheeler's been incredible. And I believe one of the great free agent signings in the history of Philadelphia sports, go through every team. However you want to go to with the Eagles, whether it be a, a Malcolm Jenkins or a John Runyon, like go through it over the years with every team in Philadelphia. You're not going to find many better free agent signings. Bang for the buck, performance, really consistent performance than Zach Wheeler. I mean, he's clearly this team's number one. And if Nola continues to turn the corner the way he has been really good start yesterday, the Phillies have their one and two back, which is what's really the formula to get them where they got to last year. I know the bats picked up in October. They hit a little bit. The bullpen was good. But early in, in that playoffs, you know, Cardinals, Braves, and early in the NLCS, they were where they were because of Wheeler and Nola. And right now, they have both pitched well, but certainly Zach Wheeler's been phenomenal. Last thing uh, and last point that just struck me this weekend is the Kyle Schwarber discussion this year has been so far off the mark, it's ridiculous. So much complaining over where Schwarber hits in the lineup his war, what kind of player. Guys, Kyle Schwarber now has 88 home runs in a Phillies uniform, if you include the postseason last year. 88 home runs. There is a really good chance, you know, if uh, we all think the Phillies are making the playoffs, that Kyle Schwarber is going to end his first two years in a Phillies uniform with 100 home runs. I, I don't think it's far-fetched at all to think he hits 
12 more home runs before the Phillies season ends, whenever that is, whether it's the first week of October or early November. Guys get 12 more home runs. Probably hit six or seven the regular season, maybe eight, and then boom, he'll hit his four or five in the playoffs if the Phillies can get through, you know, around. He's, he's probably going to get to clo- either very close or at 100 home runs in two years. And there's so much complaining over batting average. The Phillies are now 7-0 and when he leads the game off with a home run as he did yesterday. He has, since the beginning of June, I think they put him in that leadoff spot on June 2nd. And, and I, I was with Topper the whole time in this. This was the best, the best possible version of Phillies has this guy leading off. Since the beginning of June, where the Phillies have a 47-27 and record. He has, well, first, excuse me, He in the month of, he has 50 RBIs, 20-something home runs in that span. His on-base percentage has jumped in the second half. In the month of August alone, he has nine home runs. He's walked 23 times. He has a 989 OPS. Like the June Schwarber thing, it's actually happened in, in, in August. Like August has been a ridiculous month for him. And I just think we look at the wrong things. I don't care about his war, guys. His war is what it is because his defense is, is horrendous in the outfield and it's not his fault he has to play the outfield like it's Bryce Harper's lack of durability is why the Phillies DH who is Kyle Schwarber they signed this guy to be a DH has been in the outfield for two years so you know I don't care when you look at his numbers like well look at his war I could care less and it's funny we do this now I think more fans are up on more stats now than they were 15 years ago you ever looked at Ryan Howard's career, wins above replacement? It's like 15 for his whole career. Hall of Famers are like 70. He's at 15. B- by that metric, he was considered a, a just a guy, just a guy, just a pretty good baseball player over his time in Major League Baseball. Not, nothing great. So I think we overdo it sometimes. J- just watch the impact the guy has. Yeah, the Phillies were better if Schwarber was in the outfield. Wonderful. We all re- everyone acknowledges that. But as far as his offense. Stop focusing so much on what he doesn't do, which is obviously hit for a high average or even a decent average, and focus on what he does do. The guy's going to bash 40 home runs, knock in 100, score 100, walk 100 times. I mean, that's a that's pretty rare combination of numbers, and I love him at the top of the order. He separates the lefties. He gets, you know, because you put him one and you put a guy like Harper three, you're going to have lefty relievers coming in late, which sets up. Whoever's sitting second, and obviously it's been Trey Turner for the most part this season, other than when they dropped him and he got hot again, but it's been Trey Turner, it's been Alec Bohm, Castellanos, whoever. It gets those guys opportunities to hit lefties. He could start the game with a home run. He sees pitches. And part of why I think this has been, it's worked, is you got a guy like Bohm who's more of the contact guy in, you know, beyond the middle of the order. So, you, you know, you go Harper, Castellanos, then a guy like, Stott, and there's always runners on base. So he knocks them in because he gets a bunch of singles. He doesn't strike out much. Schwarber at the top, yeah, there's strikeouts, but he's not really killing you there because you're starting the game that way with either a walk, a strikeout, a home run. I, I just think we need to appreciate Kyle Schwarber. If I had told you you know, two years ago, a year and a half ago, that the Phillies would sign Kyle Schwarber, and in a year and then almost another year, the Phillies would have been in a World Series, obviously won the NL Championship, and Schwarber would have be on pace to have about 100 home runs in this uniform in two seasons. Every single one of you would have signed up. No one would have asked me what his batting average is. No one would have cared what his war is. Like, let's just take a deep breath and appreciate the Phillies have one of the great home run hitters, you know, in terms of per at bat in the history of baseball on their team right now. They have a leadoff hitter 
who when he starts the game on a home run, the team is 7-0. and And obviously, we know what kind of leader he is. Dave Dabrowski's called him the greatest leader he's ever been around in a clubhouse. So you add all that together, this guy deserves to be appreciated, not, not you know, picked on for what he doesn't do well. Like Kyle Schwarber's been outstanding Philly for two years by anyone with eyes, or at least me with my eyes. I, I feel that. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following. The Phillies are hot. It probably will continue because we know how good they are here in Philadelphia. It's a good time right now to be invested in this team as they continue to push their way towards another playoff berth. Appreciate you listening, watching, subscribing. Follow, leave a review, leave a question. We'll do a mailbag episode based on a lot of those questions that your feedback right here on WIP Daily. We'll talk soon.